You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on X at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on X over at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouette's Flight Deck is presented by our good friends over at Sportbuff, where if you use the promo code ALSFLIGHTDECK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. Head on over to www.sportbuffshop.com. Use the promo code. Make sure you save lots of money, buy lots of merch, and as always, support local. Have you missed any of the episodes of the Flight Deck this past season? Well, no worries. All you have to do is head over to alouettesflightdeck.ca. Check out all of the episodes from all of our seven-plus seasons. Uh, you can find us over on X, formerly Twitter, at alouettesfldeck. Facebook, you can find us at Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Instagram and threads, you can find us at Alouette's Flight Deck. YouTube, where you can see all of the archive of our uh, all of our Flight Deck lives. And all of uh, we have a lot of our uh, the audio versions of the podcast also are there, too. And that's over at YouTube.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck. Um, and... Uh, as we mentioned, uh, I think, last week, and we mentioned on the Flight Deck Live this past week, too, if you head over to the store, which, by the way, Cliff, you can now find us over at flightdeckgear.ca, you can uh, get merchandise to rep the podcast wherever you go. Um, so, again, that's uh, flightdeckgear.ca, and uh, buy some gear and uh, and uh, represent the, the podcast. Uh who would have thought, you know, we are settled basically today, Cliff, it, right before it seemed like that the bottom's falling out on the actual weather itself. You know, here in the East Coast, we were, what, uh, October 4th, and we got to 30 degrees today. So, <laughs> I mean, I did not, I didn't give up the chance to wear, you know, to wear shorts to work today. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hey, if you could do it, why wouldn't you? I mean, 30 degrees out, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. Like To me, that's the ideal October weather is 30 degrees, a bright, sunshiny day. I mean, you can't, you can't beat that with a stick. No, not at all. And, you know, just as hot as the weather was, uh, so are these Alouettes in Ottawa, man. Um, you know, this, this is a, a, a team coming into this week where they had won eight straight. Obviously, you know, with them winning this week um, uh, in, in Ottawa, they have... You know, extended their streak uh, to nine straight, which is a sets a team record, by the way, for most consecutive regular season game as one on the road at a, any location. And, you know, so for in Ottawa, um, Al's winning 32-15. There's a lot more to uh, unpack, really, um, than just the score itself, obviously, because they're, you know, it was a... I, I don't like saying it. It's, it's not the third annual... Uh, it's not that's not the way to say the third annual Indigenous Truth and Reconciliation Day. That's not really the way to say it. But I think you know it's the third celebration. See, you know what I'm saying. I'm trying to give it its proper due because it, it's something that we 
uh, we as Canadians need to recognize and, uh, you know, I think the CFL and its member teams just did a hell of a job when it came to prom- promoting this properly. I would say raising awareness would probably be the best way to Thank describe you. it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It started with the orange jerseys from both teams uh, during warm-up, but uh, even throughout uh, like TV timeouts and that there was a lot of indigenous uh, you know, events and activities and things performances shall we say uh, there are some great ones in ottawa man there were some great ones in ottawa oh yeah no they did extremely well with it and and everybody responded extremely really positive with it too and i'm very mm-hmm. happy to see that it was extremely well done got to give props to the the red blocks organization and tv place for putting it all together and just it, it really added to the atmosphere of the game itself it did, and I'm I'm trying to trying to see what what it was called. Is it throat singing? Yes. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I'm I'm making you know what you and I came up thought immediately thought of the reference that was in the the Simpsons movie, um, but that was just amazing thing to see. I mean, yeah, and it, to hear. I mean, it's you know singing. Okay, singing the Simpsons movie is something. It's funny to say it that way. But to see it in real life is just—it's impressive. It's an experience in itself, though. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so, man. Very much so. Yeah. so. And again, the crowd responded in kind to it. Like they, they, I think everybody there was blown away by just how incredible a performance it was. So yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Hats off to the performers. Hats off to everybody that was involved in this initiative. It was, as far as I'm concerned, a job well done. Yeah, and obviously it started earlier in the week with the Alouettes going into Ganawagi um, to uh, be with their community. Um, mm-hmm. Just so people know, it is still currently available. Um, you know, all of the Alouette jerseys that were worn in for for uh, for, for warm ups are available to purchase. Um, all of the uh, proceeds will be going uh, to the community in Ganawagi. Um, so. You can find the link on the directly on the Alouette's website. Um, as you and I are speaking here, Cliff, uh, there's about three and a half days left for a lot of the jerseys. And as I said, they, they all start at uh, a minuscule price of $75 uh, Canadian and go for, and obviously bidding increments from there. But um, uh, well, well worth the cause, as I said. It's a, a unique item. Um, that you would be able to to wear for future games, like you know, uh, you know, orange out games, or even just a collectible. I mean, especially too, yeah. if you, if you want your favorite player, you better hurry up because a lot of the uh, the more the more popular players, if you will, obviously their jerseys have been snapped up. Like people didn't want to wait, and they just plunked down the three hundred dollars, and it's theirs now. So, I, I mean, still lots of great jerseys available. So, by all means, folks, if you have a chance, uh, you know, you want to get your hands on one of these amazing looking jerseys. There's no time like the present. As, as Tim said, there's just a little over three days left, but uh, I mean, if you want a certain player, you, you got to move fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to throw this to you, buddy. I mean, is it, let, let us know what, what your, your initial thoughts were on this game, because there were so many things within this game to talk about things. We, Never thought we'd see, you know, it's funny, the Canadian, 
as long I'm curious, I've not reached out to, to many of the, the CFL family to actually ask if they had seen the Antwi play this week. Um, but, you know, a, lo- a fan like myself, longtime fan, I still, d- I didn't know this, you know, I didn't know this rule could occur, and I didn't even think that what was done by Jeshua Antwi a couple, you know, in BC earlier this year in week four, was basically the same thing, was, was the play itself that we're talking about. But start from the game itself, Matt. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on, on, on this game between the, the Owls and the Red Blacks? Well, just the first half alone. I, I, I tweeted this from the, the Flight Deck X account uh, at halftime. I said, to quote Gwen Stefani, this game, well, to paraphrase, I should say, Gwen Stefani, this game is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. I mean, you, you name it, you saw it practically. Uh, trick plays, uh, Odd bod, odd bod, oddball Canadian rules. Sorry, yep. can't, can't yep. get my Simpsons reference right. <laughs> uh, was it uh, missed field goal turns into a uh, kick out into a interception? Uh, my God, I mean, there, it's kung fu fighting, man. <laughs> craziness. I mean, just you name it. This game had it overall, but I mean, like just that first half alone was just bonkers. I mean, was like, this game on CBS Sports Network, by the way? Uh, no, I think, uh, oh, just... of all the times of all the times. Yeah. Cause they, they do a lot of college football. Like this is college football mm, season now in the true, States. So I, yeah, I, I definitely see, unfortunately the CFL kind of getting the short shrift when it comes to being on broadcast TV in the States. But, uh, I mean, could have watched it on CFL plus if you're down in the States and, uh, anyone who did was treated to uh, quite the game. And <laughs> yeah, I, I let's, let's start. As you, you you alluded to it, let's let's jump into it right now. The Jeshuan Antwi onside punt, and we kind of looked at each other and like, what the hell was that? I think like, it was the same reaction that we gave week when we saw him uh, really mess it up in BC in week four. You yeah, know, we, we thought there was a glitch in the matrix or something because he just kind of <laughs> uh, uh, just kind of froze and then it fell apart like. What was that? And then mm-hmm. the fact that he pulled it off like right away, like just a little dribble kick and then recovered his what essentially was an onside punt. Like second and 18. People need to remember this was second and 18. Yeah. Uh, and so Cody Fajardo, once again, uh, you know, swings it out, uh, hitch pass uh, to, to, to Antwi. And just almost immediately he has he had nobody around him, which, again, makes it that work perfectly. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, just literally kicked it one yard past the line of scrimmage, recovered it, like he just literally fell down on it, and that's why we're wondering, like, what, what, what the hell happened there? <laughs> like, so, something didn't go right. Like, I thought maybe even the turf monster got him. Like, oh, he must have tripped or something. He at least recovered his fumble. But then they announced that yeah, it's a first down. Like, oh my goodness. Like we're. We're just beside ourselves. Like, did that just really happen? Mm-hmm. And then it just, oh, okay. That he was on. Yeah. He, oh my gosh. He was on site that he just recovered a punt. <laughs> His own punt. <laughs> I know. And, and it's crazy. And I was able to, to get verification from Darren Hackwood, um, what the, the actual rule was. I did find it in the, in the rule book. And just, just for those of you who are, are curious to know, 
uh, in this year's rule book, this is basically, you know, uh, just basing off of this year's rule book, it's Rule 5, Section 4, Article 14. And it, it, it reads, recovery of own kick, Cliff. So the kicker or onside player may recover the kick across the line of scrimmage, in which case the ensuing down shall be first down, whether or not the original yardage has been gained. And there it, it created waves on social media. This oh. one play. I mean, I, I think you had your your casual fans in the CFL. You had your fans in the U.S. basically dropping the WTFs, you know, because, I mean, who got picked? I think Barstool picked it up and some others picked it up too. And and Sicko's committee who, who love to celebrate all the wacky, weird things about college football. They, they've also been giving a lot of attention to the Canadian Football League this year mm-hmm. in a, it, while they were waiting for college football to start back up. And even they got, got in on it like, what the hell is this? Like, it's just mm-hmm. befuddlement, amazement, uh, whatever objective you can think of. Like, it was just, wow. Wow. Yeah. You can do that? That That's crazy. Yeah, th- this is that type of play that I, even I put on social media that – if if the if the if the CFLPA and the CFL had the hindsight to partner with Breaking Tees, this would have been a shirt. This would have been a shirt, bar none, and I would have given them um, given them my money easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. And shout out to Joshua Antwi man for yeah. being able to pull that off. I mean, wow. And the best part too is uh, Jason Moss and Cody Fajardo had talked about a post game that uh, they've had that in the bank like their own personal bank for years trying to execute a play like that and n- never had the opportunity to pull it off. And, or maybe they just didn't have the right personnel in place to pull it off. And this was the time to do it. Like, my God, like literally caught the entire world napping on this one. And they need people need to remember too, because this is a point, a punt, the same rules still apply. The same rules still apply. Got to give the returner five yards that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, that's the thing. It's just one of those quirks where it can't be just the punter because as on in every play, a punter can re- can recover the kick, the punt. Yep. So, and you don't have to go ten yards. You don't have you to don't do have to eight, go like, ten exactly. And that's where a, a lot of people were kind of like, "Well, that's not fair." I'm like, Shh, well, fair. What? Okay. What, if you want to call it, it, debate the fairness of it, I mean, first of all, <laughs> how. It's it's very clear, and Antwi proved it earlier. You can't just pull this off out out of nowhere. I mean, I guess you can, but I mean, you, it's not so easy as simply just kick the ball, you know, dribble it down a, a yard past the line of scrimmage. It's not so easy to do something yeah. like that. Like, it takes concentration. You got to. I'm sure Antwi must have practiced his ass off trying to make that play work, and it didn't work in BC. But my God, did it ever work at TD Place this past Saturday? And as I will attest to, and I also we were speaking to one of the uh, Owls fans who we saw post game, um, and this is very, very true. When you go to practice, Cliff, you see a lot more stuff being, as I said, being practiced like these trick plays. And I agreed 100% with this comment that was made when it came to practice. It's kind of like Vegas. What happens at practice stays at practice. You don't mention it because you could easily tip tip the hat on something. I've been there when something they practiced and they did it and they did it the same week. Yeah. So, and that's why they've also been strict about like taking pictures at practice, yes. uh, even 
tweeting stuff out. Like, I mean, you, you really got to be careful with mm-hmm. like, you cannot, you cannot divulge anything, you know, anything that could give the, your adversary, any sort of edge, you wouldn't want to put it out there. Like it, it, it's just not kosher. And yeah, I mean, you can see plays like this happen and you're like, Holy cow, that's amazing. But yeah, uh, you don't want to get, yeah. you don't want to give any indication that this could actually happen because that's what part of the fun of this is seeing them busted out in a regular season game or even in a play. Imagine if this was a playoff game. Oh, I, people they, need to remember too, by the way, that this didn't, this led to an Alouette's punt. It didn't lead to points. It was still successful though, but I agree with you. Think of it to try something like that in the playoffs. Ooh. I mean, that would take some massive cojones. I, I mean, I listen again, credit to Jason Moss, to Cody Fajardo and to Joshua Nanchui. That took cojones to be able to pull that off. And mm-hmm. yep. again, it's only crazy if it doesn't work, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Now that goes to the thing. I, I was asked, you know, by Darren Ackwood. He's, he's, what do you think of the play? And stuff like that. I said, I love the play. I said, it, 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 it is the CFL. I, it's the, the small nuances of the game itself that it's, it's, it's been in the rule book, I'm sure, forever. And please. Correct me if I'm wrong, you know, people who know the rule book, who have followed the rule book more than I have, but I'm sure it's been in there forever. And yeah. I, 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 I kind of question, you know, the ones that are saying, well, I shouldn't be in the game anymore. Okay, I'm going to say this. What's more egregious? This play? Are the Alouettes winning on that kick fest back and forth to win the game in Toronto back in 2010? Yeah. What's the difference? No, you know what just, I mean. It, it's along with the 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 longer, wider field, along with the uh, three downs, uh, the rouge. I mean, these are all unique nuances that make this game so interesting. That make it and it came just, from rugby. People need to remember this. That's really where the Canadian it didn't come from American football. It came from the game of rugby. Well, the game of "quote unquote" American football came from rugby, right? Right, but I'm came from I'm, Canadian I'm, football. Like, it, yeah, it's yeah. all part of the evolution. But yes, that's yeah. a lot of the, the roots were based out of rugby. So, okay, these are these are things that, as you said, they've been in the rule book for, I'm sure, eons. Probably, I won't say from the right from the beginning of time, but uh, I mean, it's been obviously been in place a long, long time. And if nobody chooses to capitalize on it, that's on them. Mm-hmm. Galloway's give him credit for trying something different, and again, it didn't work in BC. Unfortunately, like we just—that's the same thing. type if of play. Work, by the way, same same amount of yards. I think it was like a second and sixteen BC, if I remember correctly. Second, yeah, second and, and long, pretty mm-hmm. long. And again, if it doesn't work, you look like an idiot. And unfortunately, yeah, it. We even said like, what the hell was Jeshman thinking on that play back in BC? But when it works, it's genius. And that's it. Like, I, I, mean, I, I, I think I, there's I, a tweet, a tweet, uh, a tweet that probably is not aging well right now. Where I basically said, "What, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell was that?" I think yeah. I have to go back and check, but I think I, I think there was one. I think probably from both of us. So, yeah, but listen, it, it got everybody talking, as you said. I mean, it got tongues wagging. It went viral. It, I mean, yeah. just it, it again. It just reiterates. This is fun. This is like this is part of the the wackiness of the CFL, and it's what makes this game so incredibly unique. And again, it makes you pay attention. If nothing mm-hmm. else, this game it makes you pay attention to this game. And my goodness, like that was just 
you look back at it now, like the fact that we were there for this, outstanding, simply outstanding. And I joked to you pre-game, uh, pre-show, by the way, is that for the second time this year, the Owls have been a part, uh, have been a part, of, a part of a game where, and this goes back to my indoor roots, indoor football roots. There was an indoor type of play during this game. Remember where there was a, a pass off the uh, off the uh, goalpost and right into Sean Lemon's hands. So yeah. obviously the ball's dead. Yes, but but still, we had the one that went through the uprights on the kick a few weeks ago, and then we have this one here. So yeah. we wacko weird weirdo things in the CFL, baby. Yeah, like I said, unfortunately, uh, Ottawa quarterback uh, Dustin Crum, he fajardoed that 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 <laughs> ball because <laughs> right off the goalpost, just boom, or right off the crossbar, I should say. Yeah. So and obviously, dead ball fallow, and it's funny though because a lot of people were reacting like, "Oh my God, Sean Lemon just scored a touchdown!" And like, no, that's a dead ball foul. Sorry, that's dead ball. Fortunately, but. but- our, our man Sean Lemon did make up for it. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't worry, folks. He 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 made up for that one. He, yeah. he did get the touchdown there, but he made up for it. Yeah. So the Alouettes uh, held the Red Black scoreless. It was fifteen nothing at halftime. Um, yeah, they they shut out the Red Blacks actually for three quarters. You know, it was the first time since uh, uh, doing the same thing to Calgary back in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, this team was clicking. The defense was clicking, man. And we've been talking about the defense for the past couple of weeks. And even with the a little bit of breakdowns here and there, the, the minor changes, you know, uh, you know, Cabin into was was slotted back in, into the lineup again this week. Um, it, it just again uh, with Lemon and Sankey coming in. I mean, it's. They they just did what they needed to do. I mean, we were more worried about the yip the yips for uh, for David Cote this week because uh, it's not like him to uh, you know to basically be off be one off from his actual number. You know, his number is fifteen. He was one for four for the week. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yikes! <laughs> yeah, um, not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. Unfortunately, and that we've we've talked about that a couple times already this year about this. This is probably one of the worst streaks for him. It it was a little scary. Again, the Owls could the Owls could easily have broken forty. Yeah. So and when when David Cote is on, he's absolutely arguably one of the best kickers in the Canadian Football League. But when he gets these yips, when he gets these like mental blocks, it's scary. And you're like leaving, you're literally leaving points on the field with the, with missed field goals. And okay, he had one missed field goal that turned, it essentially was a rouge. He got a single out of it, mm-hmm. but. Two missed field goals that ended up in zero points. Um, Didn't one, one field- wasn't a missed field goal that led to the kung fu kick? Yes, the, the kung fu kick I mean, return, kung fu kick return, return fumble. What do you want to call it? Hilarious. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Cote missed a, a field goal. It was returned out of the end zone, and uh, as everybody was trying to get the, uh, I, I th- was it Brendan? No, Denver wait, no, was-, was it? No, that was Zima. It was on a kickoff. No. Wasn't no, it? It was a missed. It was a missed field, miss field goal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The returner returned. Uh, the returner brought it back out of the end zone and was, I think, it was almost just about to half halfway through midfield when the, a whole bunch of tackling occurred and Zima was ass over tea kettle and inadvertently kicked the ball out of the defender's hands and into the waiting arms of uh, Regis Sibasu. Well, no. Okay. Which, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you there because I said Zima. You're, are you just re- reflecting? Uh, repeating what I said, was it Zima or was it Cote? It was Zima. Yeah, but Zima's a holder. 
Ah, bing, bing, bing. Okay, yeah, I didn't think about that. Okay, you're right. Okay, <laughs> continue. Yes, because Zima is a punter, and normally a punter, you know, can, a punter can tackle, but Zima was on the field. So yes, it was Zima was a holder for Kote who missed the field goal, and uh, with that soccer style kick or Pele kick, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it was just a matter of he was tackled. Uh, end up doing a, a little flippy do and then <laughs> next thing you know his he, foot kind of he, he, he went ass over tip he basically was tackling when ass over tip yeah and kicked the ball out of the uh, the returner's hands and into the arms as i said of regis sibasu and all of a sudden the alouettes have a fresh set of downs i mean further away from where they attempted the field goal but you get the ball back so you know just once again just Kind of the the the, the wackiness and yeah, craziness. Here we go. That second can... quarter happened right at the beginning of the second quarter. Yeah, it incredible. Just one of those dumb luck kind of things. I mean, once again, only in the CFL would you see something as crazy as that. Yeah. So thoughts on the on how well this defense was and how well they're playing currently. As I said, uh, able to shut out. Um, able to shut out the Red Blacks for the first three quarters after giving up, and then gave up the 15 points, but the, a lot of that was in garbage time, you know, especially, you know, who would have thought Arbuckle came in for Ottawa, but um, thoughts on this on this defense, man, because it, it just, five sacks, if I'm not mistaken, um, just, Crumb was able still to be able to do some of his stuff, but he just kept, they were able to do what they needed to do and uh, and rough him up. Yeah, and even when uh, the Red Blacks were approaching the red zone, uh, man, let's talk about our man Reggie Stubblefield. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, what what a clutch interception in the end zone! Shades of Marc Antoine Decroix versus Calgary. Just if you didn't know better, you'd swear Dustin Crum was aiming for Stubblefield, and you got him because he was able to pick off the ball, <laughs> take it out of the. Uh, yeah, I think he took it out. Did he take it out of the end zone? Yes, he did. He yeah, unfortunately he did. took it out of the end zone. I don't know why he didn't just kneel down because that would have been a touchback and you would have started on the 25-yard line Yeah. instead of on the 10. But, okay. You know, let's not forget, he is still a rookie. Rookie mistake. You know, you'll hopefully know for next time. You ever pick off the ball in the end zone again, just go down. Go down. But still, uh, the, the, this is shades of what the Alouettes have been able, would have been doing, the defense has been doing recently. This yeah, defense I think we, has yeah. really been something else. Like, I mean, yeah. over the past few weeks, we are I mean, really we, seeing. Yeah, we had the lemon interception in Calgary. We had the again, we had the the, the Qua one in the end zone in Calgary. We have this one, and obviously, we're going to be talking about another Qua play. So, well, it, before we do, yeah. oh yeah, just yeah. Conti- just to continue on Stubblefield. I mean, he also had a. I think he had two quarterback sacks. Uh, he was playing mm-hmm. like his hair was on fire. I mean, just mm-hmm. absolutely sensational. Like, this kid really is making a name for himself in the Canadian Football League and arguably belongs in the discussion of, you know, most outstanding rookie nomination for the Alouettes. I mean, we, we talked about like, Tyler Sneed getting that nomination earlier, but Reggie, man, has really, really come alive these, these past few weeks and it really has been an absolute stud on this defense. I mean, you, and you're talking about a defense that has, like, again, the Sean Lemons, the Darnell Sankeys, the Marc Antoine Decois, uh, Tyrese Beverett, mm-hmm. Wesley Sutton. I mean, these are bona fide superstars as far as I'm concerned. And Stubblefield does not look out of place with these guys at all. I mean, he is really, truly making a name for himself in this in this city, in this league, <laughs> in this sport. I mean, wow, wow. Just absolutely outstanding work. And 
the way this Alvis team got to dusting from early, often, and just made his life a living hell. I mean, let's not forget being shut out by third quarter. And even, once again, the second half, the Red Blocks are advancing the ball, getting close. They're in the red zone. And then Crum lofts a pass. Marc-Antoine Decois reads the mail, takes it 109 yards back for a touchdown. A he has six. wheels, by the way. Holy well, I mean, crap, Decois has I mean, wheels. I mean, he's always been fast. There's, how many times have we seen him blow past people in, in trying to tackle him? And I've kind of given him the gears for it. But this is one of those times where you're glad this guy is like greased lightning. Just phew, gone. He was mm-hmm. gone. And yes, Dustin Crum made a very valiant effort trying to tackle him. But just too little too late. Like Decois was just not having any of that. And he just threw the house. Like absolutely yeah. outstanding. And it's funny. You could hear the Alouettes fans, the ones that were on the fan bus that made the trip to Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in the stands. We were sitting in the uh, the, the friends and family section. So you had like uh, players, wives, girlfriends, family members, everybody there. Everybody was there is just losing their damn minds with the, the, the quiet pick six. And the rest of like you know, our nation, the Red Blacks fans, are just sitting there with their mouths open like, oh, my God. Just stunned silence like there's there's nothing you can say at this point like wow just mm-hmm. wow uh, yeah it, it was it, it was a sight to behold Let, let's let's just leave it at that and yeah once again and it led to to the creation of a of a, of a new hashtag of a of de quow the quow yeah de quow I, mean, I, I mean mark antoine de quow is not on twitter so you really couldn't tag him with anything like that but I forgot, yeah okay. that was de quow i mean de quow was just that was Dequau, simply that. So mm-hmm. hashtag Dequau became a thing. I mean, that's what else can you say about the guy? Holy, holy geez. I mean, he truly has hey, made one, one, of, one of the one of the leaders, if not, you know, for for one of the uh, postseason awards for sure, for sure. Uh, I, again, it, he truly has made his his presence felt and without question belongs in the discussion for most outstanding Canadian. I mean, at least. At least, yes. I mean, for the Eastern nominee, without question, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I def, uh, I'm hard pressed to think of anyone else in the East that's had a season like he has, like a, a national player that's had a season like he has. I mean, out west, yeah, there. I mean, Brady Oliveira more than likely is going to run away with the award, no pun intended. But <laughs> Mark Antoine de Croix, <laughs> uh, I would not be surprised to see him as the nominee for most outstanding Canadian this year. He he's just been absolutely phenomenal there's just no no other way to describe this guy the way he's been playing this year i mean my goodness i mean when he's had his problems here and there and like i said i've given him grief over certain things but he's really won me over this year like his play has been nothing short of sensational and my god just such a that was such a fun play to watch and watching him out there on the field is just such a treat there's there's no question about that oh yeah for sure for sure I know he's up on our list. We 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 haven't had him on the pod yet, but I know he's yet. Uh, he, yet yet yet. So, um, yeah. So I mean, the the, the Alouettes uh, again. I mean, it's it's it, they basically controlled this game from from opening kickoff. Um, everything that they could do seemed to be you know everything right that they weren't able to do when you know weeks past they're able to do this week this past week so i mean it's 
what can you say again? Thirty-two fifteen. Um, obviously, we'll get to the stats here because these guys deserve some props. But without, we without, before we start though, and I still haven't. I still need to go back and watch the play again. But we were talking about obviously coming into the game, Sean Lemon, as we mentioned to him because he was on the pod last week. And if you if you've missed that, go back and listen to the archive. Also, if you want to see the first ever video interview that we've done here at the Alouettes Flight Deck. Make sure you can head over to our, go to our YouTube page and you can watch that. Uh, watch that there. Um, we got to talk. Uh, he, 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 Sean did not get his hundredth sack, but he did get a touchdown. And as you're as you're alluding to before, it, one the one touchdown that didn't count because the ball was off the upright right. uh, or, or the post rather. Uh, he was able to get one on a very weird. They were talking scrum. It seemed, you know, we're talking rugby earlier in the show, Cliff. It was very rugby esque. It was very <laughs> Aussie rules football esque. That type of thing. I still need to. I still don't know how the hell Sean Lemon ended up with that ball in his hand, but yet he was able to scoop and score. He was. I mean, Dustin Crum. You know, he tries to make plays happen with his feet. He's got. I won't. I won't call him happy feet, but he's. He likes to run with the ball. He likes to, if he doesn't see the play that he likes, he's going to tuck tail or tuck the ball and run. And that's what exactly what he did. Problem is he ran right into his offensive line and somehow the ball squirted loose, uh, ended up on the ground. Uh, everybody made a mad scramble for it. And somehow, I don't know who it was, but somehow the ball got pitched right into Lemon's hands and he just took off to the end zone and <laughs> untouched, no less. He was surrounded by three Alouette defenders and he sauntered to the end zone, scoring his first professional touchdown that in itself is nuts isn't it though i mean with all the with how long he's been playing in this league the teams he's played for and everything like that never had a i mean he's had interceptions and but never took one to the house but this was his the first time a, a scoop and score was able to take it in and once again folks you'll forgive me for this but podcast karma is real you come on the podcast <laughs> great things happen and no, Sean Lemon did not get his 100th sack. Maybe he was, maybe deep down he wanted to save it for the hometown fans uh, and for the Thanksgiving Day game. Who knows? But he he had his opportunities. He came close. Like I mean, he was bearing down. Like I think there was a. I think he put a little bit of pressure on himself. Like I got to get this done. I got it because again, mm. he talked about it. He he said he was going to get it in Ottawa. He he promised us. And okay, he he unfortunately didn't didn't live up to the promise this time. But I'll tell you what, uh, a scoop and score touchdown. First of your career, no less. That's that's a pretty good consolation prize, I think. I think that's something to be proud of. I think so too. I think and, so too. And and if that's, and I'm sure if you ask him now, he'd be like, no, no, I want it. I want to get the hundred sack in front of you know the great Alouettes fans. Like and, I misspoke. Okay. <laughs> Listen, that, he was getting a massage. The, he was getting a massage. <laughs> Things were said. You know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Yeah, we got you. We got you. First tutty. <laughs> but once again, folks, podcast karma is real. By the way, so, I, I, I want to talk about this, too, because I know people are, and I miss the quote itself. Obviously, we're talking about how good the, the defense was and, and obviously how how well the offense was been playing. There's a, a minor story behind the scenes, too. Money Hunter was just reactivated. Obviously, former Alouette Money Hunter was just reactivated for the, for the Ottawa Red Blacks. What did he say? He supposedly he had said something or made a comment about the Alouettes before game time, and he just basically got his ass whooped by by the Owls' offense this week. Yeah, I think it was just simple chirping, like just 
kind of I, I won't say taking them lightly, but not maybe just kind of saying like, you know, like let's pump the brakes on this team. They're not as good as what everybody's taking them. Something along those lines. I don't, I don't okay. recall the exact quote exactly, but essentially I, 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 I struggle to use the term bulletin board material. Cause I don't think, first of all, I don't think bulletin boards are even a thing anymore, but he, he, he said his piece about the Alouettes. He seemed to think that they weren't all that in a bag of chips and iPad. It's an iPad. It's a tablet. Yeah. It's a tablet, could be. tablet, tablet, tablet material. material. Tablet board material. <laughs> yeah. So the <laughs> touch screen material, call it what you will. But uh, I guess the Alouettes defense took that personally. I'm like, okay, then we're going to, you know, or, or not the defense, I should say the offense probably took that personally because, like, yeah, there's uh, quite a few instances played him, where played, money got played him, played him perfectly. Oh, where money got the, robbed. The, uh, oh. the, the, the hunter became the hunted, shall we say. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, as we talked about before, we got to give these, got to give these guys some props here. Um, so it wasn't a perfect game for Cody by any means because everything just was just going so well for this team. Cody only was 15, 15 to 20 for 178 yards, no interceptions. Good one, that one touchdown. And by the way, we're talking, we, we, we totally bypassed that one. We've complained all year about Cody Fajardo throwing into double and triple coverage. Mm-hmm. How he threaded this needle to get the ball to Tyson Philpot was just absolutely stunning. Uh, he's completing a pass in a phone booth. That's basically what it was. Like that's how tight of a window it was. It ridiculous. Like he, mm-hmm. he had no right making that pass and no right having it being completed. Like that should have been picked off. And earlier in the year, hundred percent that that would have been picked off, and we'd be giving him grief over it but my god like the the concentration of him be able to throw that ball and even the concentration of tyson philpot to be able to basically like I said catch that in the phone booth like that's just mm-hmm. how tight it was and i mean we talked about it before it's only crazy if it doesn't work and give him credit give cody credit for being able to do that i mean for the most part kind of felt like he was a bit of a game manager throughout the game all he had to but essentially everybody else was doing the work for him all he had to do was just not make any mistakes and Give him credit. He didn't make any mistakes, didn't throw any picks, uh, just moved the ball downfield. Just, he drove the bus, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. He, he did what he had to do, and he, he looked good out there. He, he looked fine. Nothing, uh, not, not flashy, not outstanding, but no, you know what? No. You didn't have to. Let your, let your playmakers make plays. Yeah, you, exactly. You hand the ball off the stand back. You, you, give, you, you let Antwi make the incredible onside punt. You... <laughs> You name it. I mean, he was finding receivers. They were moving the ball downfield. You know, Cody did what he had to do. He he played a solid, except like a, a very serviceable game. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I hope this doesn't come across as insulting him. It's not. It's no, definitely not no, meant to he, do that. He's, but. he's had he's had um he's had mediocre games where the team has done well. You know, and it was a com- a great combination because you're talking about Stanback before. Stanback was. Really, he was he was the first drive. You know the Alouettes. Uh, you know the Alouettes only scored their fourth touchdown on their opening drive all year, Cliff. But it, but it was all Stanback. Got a bit away from him. Okay, I mean, he still had thirteen rushes for eighty-five yards. I mean, dude, you can't do better. I mean, Six point five yards per carry. I, I'm not going to complain in any way, shape, or form. And his touchdown was just was just it's funny. <laughs> money was just money. So. <laughs> He was rumbling. That's and yeah. you, you you talk about like this is the year that he wants to show out. And you know, eighty five yards is not 
exciting. It's not outstanding. It's not a 200-yard rushing game that we have seen from him in the past. Consistent, though, yeah. And that's the thing. He's coming alive at the right time. Like, this is the time of year you want your William Stanbacks to come alive, your, your, your Cody Fajardo's to start clicking with receivers, the receivers to catch the ball. Even like this is the time when you want your offense to do great things. And yeah, that's what yeah. you're, you're starting to see. Yeah. Even, even by the way, you're talking about doing great things, even which is, was it, it was a purely called play, a run play Cody Fajardo scampering for 12. I mean, it's just like up and he, off he went. Uh, yeah. So it was a combination of everything this week. I mean, Antwi had, had 16 yards. Cody had 23. Uh, and then we got to get, get, again, give these props to these uh, guys on the receiving core. Uh, obviously, Austin Mack being out this week. Uh, uh, finding out, you know, KJG, KJG going down with an upper body injury. Uh, and... We have heard it's a potential that he will not be back for the rest of the regular season. Where we're still waiting for official word from the team, see what they're, they're going to be listing on their on their uh, on their roster uh, injury, uh, their practice injury reports. So yeah. again, we'll, we'll find out. But still, losing it, I feel so bad for KJG. He's, he's it's just been a bad year for him with a broken hand, and it's like it's. I'm sure it's very frustrating, but. Uh, when you happen to see a guy in a sling, you just, you know, I will just leave it at that. We'll, let, we'll see what, yeah. they, what the team announces, if anything. But still, it meant that others had to step up, and for sure they did. You know, Cole Speaker, man. Cole Speaker led the team in yards this week, this past week. Three receptions, 60, 60 yards, had, had a, the longest of, uh, of 44 yards. I think it was in the uh, first half yep. uh, that he had that he had the catch you know from there uh, obviously you had uh, Austin Mack was out this week um, you know but everybody else that Tyson Philpot 41 yards on three catches uh, before he left KGG had already 22 yards on three catches uh, Regis C- Regis Sebasu 32 yards on two catches uh, Tyler Sneed we're talking about him earlier um, 21 yards on two receptions and even though he was uh, Cody was threw it up there, and I guess he was trying to get him to play his his best impression of Geno Lewis, uh, you know, uh, making his CFL debut, uh, Shedler Fervius, uh, that was the, that was that's the play that I'm talking about. I mean, did, Cody yeah. just airmailed it above his head, but but still, I, he I, he made yeah. his his season debut. Yeah, I, I'm so happy to see Shedler get in there and finally get his uh, his chance to make something happen and. He even joked with him afterwards, like, man, you would have needed a rocket up your butt to catch that one. But uh, <laughs> so, okay, no, no, listen, you get on the field. That's the important thing. You're, you're there, you make plays happen. And it didn't happen from in Ottawa, but now, unfortunately, with the, it's, it's unfortunate that it has to come at the hands of a, a potentially season ending injury to mm-hmm. KJG. But mm-hmm. if this means Shedler gets a chance to get in there and get some more reps and start to develop that relationship with Cody Fajardo and the rest of the receiving core, I mean, this is a young man that I, I truly believe has potential to do some really outstanding things. So if this, it sucks to get the opportunity like this, but this could be the, the opening that Shedler Furvius needs to get in there. And once again, this is the time of year that you want your receivers to be making plays. And mm-hmm. I think he realizes that. I think he realizes the, the gravity of the situation. If KJG is out for the season, it's your turn, kid. It's your numbers being called right now. So, you, you better be ready to go. And 
it looked to me like it, it was early and we didn't see a whole lot, but what we did see tells me that this guy is ready to play and ready to play on a, a you know, a day-to-day -day basis. Exactly. And lastly, we can't forget, you know, as we learned late last week uh, about Walter, excuse me, about um, uh, Chandler Worthy. Sorry. Yeah. Chandler Worthy being placed on, on the six game uh, injured list. Uh, a gentleman who was having his issues in training camp, um, you know, he got his first CFL start, uh, uh, James Ledger. Uh, man, he, it, it's, I don't know, a slightly different running style. Um, he, he was a perfect person to bring in for Worthy to do the, to do the returns. Uh, he, he's a guy who was, who was really, seemed to be a little unsure in camp when we saw him there in Three Rivers originally, Cliff. But he seems, you know, even though he's been on the practice roster the entire season, he, he seems to have gotten it. He seems to be more sure of himself. Didn't bobble any any footballs or anything like that Went on any of the returns. And dude, the dude can run because he, again, as I said, <laughs> he, 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 made us for, for, he made us forget that, you know, we had our, our incumbent um, returner placed on the, uh, on the six-game injured list. Yeah, uh, Letra was able to turn on the Jets at the right time, gave Montreal excellent field position to start. I mean, he had a couple of really, really nice returns, like yeah. to the point where you thought, oh my God, just one or two little moves here and there. And he, he could have had a house call. That's his, what it his, was, literally, literally. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just this close that, but, and you could see it, like, you, you could tell, you could just see him afterwards. Like, he, it, it didn't feel like the moment was too big for him. Like, it, like, a lot of guys, you know, the first game, like you get kind of get that deer in the headlights look, and you're like, oh crap, I'm here, and oh man, I, I please don't make any mistakes. Like I, I didn't see any of that from him. Like just mm -hmm. the way he was able to uh, return the ball, and again, just set up Montreal to do good things. Like he was able to give them great starting position, I mean, and that's what you want out of your returner. You don't want someone getting bottled up after catching the ball and only getting like maybe five, ten yards if you're lucky. And then you're you're starting way in your own end. Like no, Letcher was able to return the ball and get close to midfield, and even actually surpass midfield. I think one or two times. I mean, he he really played some outstanding football. Yeah, we'll see what happens next week, obviously, because now there's film on him. So we'll see what happens next. We'll see what happens coming up on on Turkey on Turkey Giving. So uh, yep. we'll see what happens there. So um, any any last words you want to want to say about the game itself, Cliff? Any particular players or, or what you've seen? Or obviously, you want to want to Cliff, you and I want to thank the thank the fans in in Ottawa. Um, you know, uh, it's a great atmosphere for for a football game for sure. And I think it's my first time in a while that I've been to an afternoon game in Ottawa. But prop, props to them, props to the organization, and uh, uh, you know, thanks for letting us thanks for letting us set up post game because we are you know as rushed off the field but we were still able to do our our uh addition, our post game edition of a uh, flight deck live so yeah no there's no question tv place is just such a fun place to watch a football game and i've fun talking with a lot of the uh the fans that were on the fan bus a lot of for a lot of them it was their first time at tv place like to watch the game and they couldn't stop marveling over the stadium like wow this is so nice this is like they, they really have a great facility and it's true uh, TD Place definitely, for my money, is one of the the better stadiums in the Canadian Football League. Just a, a really good place to watch football. There's not really a bad seat when you think about no. it. I, I mean, like the 
the atmosphere is terrific. I, I know the, the Red Blacks haven't really given their fans a lot to cheer about this year. I mean, they've gotten a couple of home wins finally. So, I mean, there's there's that. But aside from that, unfortunately, it's just been it's been a bit of a, a tough go for the, the Ottawa fans this year. Uh, but still, people showed up. People still came out, had a good time. Uh, props to everybody who was on the fan bus that uh, came in, made a big part of it. I, I think there was, if I'm not mistaken, there was either 200 or 300 fans. I know they mm-hmm. filled up. 300 uh, they fill up three buses i'm sorry yeah to go to the game which is amazing just absolutely amazing that they had that and from all accounts it looked like everybody had a really good time like from the moment they left uh olympic stadium to getting to ottawa watching the game being a, on the field afterwards getting to meet a couple of players afterwards and that is something i do want to talk about actually as we've discussed in the past uh post game in ottawa fans are allowed on the field. You don't need a pass. You don't need special privileges or anything like that. Everybody's welcome to come onto the field, run around. If you see players, you're welcome to go and approach them for autographs, photos, what have you, and just be part of that whole experience of being on the field post-game, win or mm-hmm. lose. But there's it's a, it's, there's a finite amount of time in order for you to do so. Like I, I believe it's half hour. It's 30 minutes. Mistaken. Yeah, it's 30 minutes. And after at, when, when the 30 minutes are up, you, you see that wall of security just gently moving it's forward, so, just calling everybody. It. People, it's you like, got to see it. it. It's like a slow-moving riot squad. Essentially, yeah, just gently, okay, you, you, you've had your fun. You've been on the field now. Kindly move along. Like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. That kind of vibe. Like, just mm-hmm. pushing everybody out of the stadium. Like, just mosey on out. Time to go home kind of thing. And for the, the Alouettes fans, like, there really wasn't a whole lot of chance to interact with players. I don't know if that was something that was promised to them as far as like one of the incentives to being a part of this fan bus experience was to have a chance to interact with the players afterwards. I, a couple of players did come out of the locker room and were, you know, fans were able to say hello to them or, and, and whatnot, but not or very ca- many. Or catch them after uh, Joey Alfieri was interviewing them for their post game show. Right. But still like there's no, true opportunities for the fans to meet the players afterwards. And that's something that could have been organized. And if you couldn't do it on the field, if you couldn't get permission from the the staff, the security at TV place to do so, then maybe organize something like outside of the stadium, like just to do just a very quick meet and greet with everybody, just to thank them for making the trip to Ottawa to come see them play and get that playoff win, the, the, the win to go to the playoffs kind of thing. Like something to acknowledge the fans at least, you know, as a, a sort of, sort of thank you. I think it would have been nice for the Alouettes to have organized, but unfortunately, it just didn't materialize. I don't again. I don't know if it was promised or not, so I, I can't fault the organization too much if that didn't happen the way people thought, or if they gave anybody the impression that there would be a meet and greet afterwards. It would have been nice, and especially too, like the players had to be in a great mood because yeah, they won mm-hmm. the game. They're going to the playoffs now. We, we know that for sure this would have been the perfect time to, to really interact with the fans that made the trip and, you know, salute them a little bit, like just to thank them for coming, making that uh, commitment to them. And it didn't quite happen. I mean, yes, a couple of players did come out and I, again, I, I don't know who all everybody was able to see or if they were even able to talk with everybody, but you know, that to me, that would have been nice. And, Yes, I, I am aware that season ticket holder day is coming up. And yes, that, that would be an opportunity as well to meet with players and such. But I just think it would have been a, a just a nice little, you know, like kind of the cherry on top, if you will, to 
what looked to be a really well organized and absolutely fun trip for for fans to be a part of. So again, if if, if you were on the fan bus and if you feel like the team could have done that, let us know in the comments or hit us up on socials and just let us know what you think about that. Because personally, I think that would have been a really nice thing. Like I remember like the fan train, for example, Mm -hmm. like the fans took the train to Toronto, to Hamilton to see the game. And then the players would be on that same train going back to Montreal and the players would go throughout the train and meet with the fans. And that's where you did the whole meet and greet thing there. Yeah. And maybe just scale wise or, or, or what, or maybe just logistics didn't quite work to be able to do something like that in Ottawa. But to me, I think you could have, if you had a little more foresight, I mean, again, it's, I suppose it's catch 22. You, you, you know, who knows? Maybe they could have, maybe they wanted to do that and they just couldn't for whatever reason, who, who's to say, but yeah. It really would have been a cool thing, uh, you know. Just like as I said, just make a good thing even just a little bit better, considering how big of a game this was and how this team played and how everybody just got really excited about it. I mean, that, to me, that would have been a really nice thing to do. But I guess that just gives more motivation to make sure you get to the season ticket holders day on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and we'll talk about that too. But uh, you're good about the game. Any last words about the game itself, or are you done, buddy? They got the X next to their name. What more could you want? Yep, I agree with you, dude. I agree. And, and that's, ob- it's it's also key because we had to wait and see what was going to happen with the Hamilton-Calgary game as well because if Hamilton won the game, which they did, they would also qualify for the playoffs. So now, now all that needs to be decided is are the Alouettes going to be hosting the Eastern semifinal mm-hmm. or will Hamilton be hosting it? Because right now, the season series is skewed towards Montreal. If they if both teams finish with equal records, Montreal would get the tiebreaker because they won two games to one, essentially, of the uh, for the season series. Yeah, but as it stands right now, it's still it's still open, and we'll discuss some of the the, the upcoming scenarios for this weekend. But uh, we were curious to see what was going to happen. Hamilton did what they had to do; they won against Calgary, and now now we know that the East is going to essentially be Toronto. Montreal and Hamilton. We know Toronto's on top. They've they've clinched the division for sure. They will be hosting the Eastern Final at BMO, BMO Field in November. Now it's just a matter of okay, where's the Eastern Final going to be played? Tim Hortons Field or Percival Molson Stadium? We're going to find out hopefully soon. Maybe even as early as this coming weekend. It's very it's very possible. Before we get to the actual uh, preview of the game, uh, I mean Cliff was saying too. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Uh, you can also email us, too, if you want to, tim.capper at alouettesflightdick.ca or cliffyd.pine at alouettesflightdick.ca. Um, we want to know what you think, you guys think. Um, the uh, quick news itself, the, the Alouettes did release Cliff their, um, their 2024 season ticket campaign. And uh, we're, we've reached out to the team. We're going to try to get a representative on the show shortly to explain some of the new nuances that we've seen. Um, just to get a, a few more, get, get some inside information on what, what this actually will mean for you, the fans, when it comes to uh, renewing your, your season tickets for the 2024 season. Um, the, or the actually team... getting season tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know currently right now uh, you can save up to 30% uh, through, uh, through November 19th, up to 30% savings on, on a full 11-game season. Uh, of of uh, season tickets, um, but a couple of things that I, I wanted to mention to you, Cliff, is 
um, that stuck uh, that stuck out to me specifically was a they're listing an exclusive membership entrance. That is very intriguing for me. I mean, everybody knows how how wacky the the depending on which entrance you're coming into over at Percival Molson, how busy it can get. And we know approximately what how many season ticket holders the Alouettes do have. Um, so that could be that could be an interesting perk to say the least. We just need to find out more information about it, where it will be. We'll be at, at will be at every single entrance. And second of all, see if we can get some more clarification, Cliff, because as, as we know, the team brought back their 200, uh, depending on where you're located, it could be up to a maximum of $250 on a season on, on a ticket bank where you could use them for any seats. You can upgrade your seats at any time uh, based on availability within the uh, within the stadium. And that's exactly what we're doing this past this, this next week, actually, for Turkey Day is that we're going to be uh, we've upgraded our seats. We'll be sitting in section uh, in section V, so V1. So they it looks like they've made some modifications potentially on this. They don't list any monetary values, but they're talking about depending on where you're listed within the uh, scope of how many years you've had them. Um, you know, where whatever your recognition level is at, looks like they made some modifications to uh, it may not be a, a monetary amount. It may be an actual ticket amount that you can get per year. So we'll again, we're hoping to get some more from somebody here. Uh, on the podcast, uh, maybe within the next week, to try to see uh, what uh, uh, what additional information we can get on the uh, on the season tickets. So that that's I can't I can't complain to you because it's it's almost a given for me is that that I will be obviously renewing my season tickets. Um, but uh, did any for you personally? Um, and we'll move on. Uh, did anything that you saw stand out to you? When you saw the the uh, the renewals, it's like anything else. I mean, you what you're sell what you got to sell this these fans is winning football, and that's what the Elwoods are doing. And as a result, uh, I, I don't know if they're trying to create FOMO, trying to get people excited based on the fact that this team is once again in the playoffs for the uh, fourth straight fourth straight season. Mm-hmm. They'll be in the playoffs, so you you know that you're you, you're. You, you want the organization to feel the competitive team. And that's exactly what this team has done. So you're selling that hope. Just like last year, you were selling that hope. And even though the offseason ended up being such a uh, roller coaster ride, so to speak, you know, anyone who invested in this team back in 2022, I, I, I like to think that's paying off right now. Yeah. You, once again, the Elowitz qualified for the playoffs. You're seeing some exciting football. Not all the time, but by and large, you are seeing some good, competitive, interesting, exciting football. I think that's a fair statement to say. That's a that's a fair statement to say, buddy. I agree. So now, now the, the focus is going to be on 2024 because essentially there's two home games left. And hopefully, hopefully, knocking on wood here, an Eastern semifinal game to attend as well. So now, now you want to get people excited for 2024. Makes total sense. So hopefully we can get some more details on some of the, the things that will be coming along. And who knows? Maybe that one of these two, you know, whatever these items are that will help potentially entice people to either renew their tickets right away mm-hmm. or for people that are still on the fence deciding whether or not it's worth it to become a season ticket holder. Maybe these things are the thing that's going to say, yes, 
I'm in. I want to be on this team. I, I, I'm ready for 2024. Here's my money. So hopefully we can get some clarification. Uh, we can, uh, as I said, get a little bit of light shed on some of these uh, potential perks or nuances or however you want to phrase it as far as what can be offered to season ticket holders in 2024. So, I mean, it, it it's crazy to think we're already at that time of year. It's that, oh, yeah, we, we got to start thinking about next year. Even though this year is not finished yet. <laughs> and if you're on the uh, 12-month payment plan, you're sitting like, I still haven't finished paying off my tickets for 2023, and you want 2024? <laughs> hold, hold your horses here. But, I mean, that that's just it. it it's that time of year, unfortunately. You know, like it or not. But, I mean, if you're on board with this team, folks, I mean, th this is the time to show it. I mean, it's – and listen, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Alouettes have held up their end of the deal. They provided some fairly exciting football. They're going to the playoffs this year. Again, we're hoping, hoping that they get they get the job done this Monday against Ottawa. If they do, they will secure themselves home field. I mean, if you're not on board with this team, folks, now's the time. There, there yeah. really is no time like the present to get on board with this. So, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's all there is to it. I'm trying to read this because there were a few few roster moves that they and, and again it had. I really wish the CFL would just make this a lot easier to read, and especially how they they placed it. But uh, remember, a few weeks ago, Cliff, that the Alouettes had had, uh, had signed uh, uh, Richmond quarterback Reese Adinsky. Uh As of the first, he has been placed on the retired list, um, so he's not with the team anymore. Mm -hmm. um, also, and, and I'm trying to read this properly here. Uh, it, it looks like. Uh, uh, we were talking about him before. Shedler Fervius has actually been placed back on the non-active list. I'm just trying. I, I don't know how this goes, but I think this is this is yeah. Delete. Yeah. yeah. So he's been placed back on the practice roster <laughs> by the looks of things. Um, but they added a national Jacob Mason to the practice roster. And I think that's it. Uh, oh, they also picked up uh, Kenneth Durden. Yeah, uh, uh, defensive re, defensive re, back. Repatriated Kenneth Durden because yeah. yeah, he was actually yeah, I believe one of the I believe he was one of the first cuts in uh, training camp this year because he was with the he was on the practice roster last year, uh, started camp and was one of the uh, the first to be let go. Mm -hmm. But once again, whether it's due to injury or just trying something different. Sometimes changes have to be made, and in which case, you 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 better have your uh, you better be sitting by the phone and ready to go. So, yeah, exactly. Um, sure also, enough, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. And you know, it is. I'm looking at it here it, on the Owls practice squad. There have been have been some changes here. So, um, and it's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's back. The puts in helmet is back, except this 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 time it's with a twist because it's Turkey Day. Uh, they're gonna be it's gonna be Turkey Putin in a an Alouette's helmet. Uh, all yours. They're pushing the one point two kilograms of that Putin Cliff uh, for ninety nine bucks or ninety ninety bucks ninety bucks so. ninety bucks. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so. Th there's your there's your Thanksgiving dinner, folks. I mean, <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> You got your potatoes, you got your gravy, you got your turkey. Uh, you can get a little snack afterwards. I believe there's still going to be a bad monkey popcorn uh, in the cage area of the helmet. So 
as far as yeah, as far as we know, it's still Bad Monkey. Yep, yep. To the best so. of my knowledge, yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen. Remember how crazy everybody went for it, and then they brought it back, and then it was kind of like, yeah. I know, I know. Once, and then once again, people were like kind of clamoring for the helmet, but then all of a sudden they didn't want to pay because you just buy the helmet itself, but nobody wanted to pay ninety dollars. Like, well, where's it puts in? Like, well, guess what? Now you get puts in in it. So if you wanted the helmet and you want the puts in, be there this coming Monday because mm-hmm. you can have that. You can have your puts in and eat it too. You can have yeah. your helmet and wear it too. There you, you go. There you. <laughs> uh, lastly, as a reminder too that this Saturday it looks like come no matter the weather. The Alouettes are going to be having their season ticket holder day over at the Annex Field over at uh, Olympic Stadium. Um, mm-hmm. Even when, no, even though it looks like it is really going to be raining, uh, bring your umbrellas, bring your raincoats. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know how they can do a lot of the stuff, man. Um, yeah, this, this type of thing, I guess it's so late in the season that they really can't push it. You know, uh, I mean, it, it, at least no words come across yet. I mean, the, the I guess the, I guess they're feeling that if the players can practice in the rain, the fans can stand in the rain to watch the players practice in the rain. <laughs> uh, I guess. And I guess as long as there's no lightning, because I think that'll scare everybody mm, off. Yeah. But. Yeah. So and we're, and we're obviously we're, we're fingers crossed for the upcoming uh, Thanksgiving Day game on Monday. Um, so speaking of. uh Obviously, Cliff, we want to mention the little thing that we have going on before we preview uh, the the game itself and uh, and let these fine people go for the evening. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it's finally here, folks. The the fan meetup, the Alouettes Flight Deck fan meetup is going to be this coming Monday. If, if you've heard us talking about it for weeks now, we've been you know, almost begging you. To go out and get your 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 flight deck <laughs> shirts, your your cartoon bird fifty six shirts, we you can give you a promo code to do it for crying out loud. So if you don't have your shirt by now, then I don't have to tell you. But listen, we want every, we want the listeners to come to the fan meetup. We want we want to meet you. We want to say hello to you. We want we want you to to come and, and talk with us and get to enjoy Thanksgiving with us. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a great game. I mean, rain or shine. It's going on. It's happening. Uh, if you don't know already, essentially at the east side of the stadium by the, the Grand Engines, uh, there's a little park. Uh, it's Mo- Park Mont Royal right next door. If you look for the Legaki Vive trailer, that will be there. It's a silver trailer, blue pop-up tents. You really can't miss it. That's where the fan meetup is going to be. Uh, plus plus the new, Cliffy, and you and I have seen it, the brand new Alowitz flight deck banner. Oh, baby. You you, you can't miss it, folks. Uh, we we want to make sure that you can find us. I, I, we're so excited for this. Uh, I've already put the word out to uh, some uh, some uh, Montreal luminaries, if you will. Hopefully that they'll uh, they'll respond back and they'll they'll stop by for a visit. We're hoping to get uh, we want everybody to come and be a part of this. We we, we want to meet the flight crew. We want to meet each and every one of you. So please, I, I sincerely hope you'll come. You'll be a part of this. Uh, once again, thank you so much to uh, Claude and everybody from Ligaki Viv who are going to be hosting us. Who's going to be welcome? They're going to be welcoming everybody as well to the tailgate. Uh, just come meet some great football fans. Uh, you know, bring your drinks, bring your food, bring everything. Come say hi to us. I mean, it's going to be a blast. There's no question yep. about that. Uh, from 10:30 a.m. until noon, so it'll give you a, an extra hour to do whatever you need to do between noon and kickoff. Exactly. Like. 
please come bring your flight deck shirts. Uh, we want to get a great group photo of all yeah. of the flight crew. The it, flock. It, the flock, if you will. <laughs> I'm hesitant to use that word for reasons, but uh, listen, we, we want to see everybody there. So please, you know, by all means, come, as Tim said, from 1030 to noon. It's going to be a blast. We're, we're so excited to be able to do this. And, uh, man, it's I can't believe it's finally here, Tim. I can't believe we're on the cusp of this what was hopefully going to be an absolutely fun, fun event. Hey, we got to start somewhere, dude. We got to start somewhere. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, hope to see you guys there. Um, again, if you need any more information, a lot, we will be putting some out on, on our socials again, almost exactly what Cliffy is saying. We'll be putting out on our socials. We'll be putting out, uh, out onto, uh, uh, bilingually, obviously into the, a lot of the, uh, Alouette, uh, Facebook groups, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, any more information, just let us know or, uh, you know, shoot us a note. We'll, uh, we'll let you know, uh, any more information that we can. So, yeah, um, I mean, it's going to be, it, I like to think it's going to be pretty hard to miss us because as in this banner that we got, you, you can't miss that for sure. But I mean, right in the park, I mean, it's going to be like I said, rain or shine, it's going to be a good time. So mm-hmm. don't let the weather scare you. Get your flight deck shirt on. Come say hello to us. We'll, you know, we're going to have a blast. Simple as yeah. that. Exactly. Uh, so the Alouettes go into this game uh, again. The, the se- we keep forgetting it's the second of a back-to-back versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, Ottawa really has has become the um, uh, the Labor Day Classic ish type team, but it's Thanksgiving, you know. So you know we're we're playing them almost every year on Thanksgiving, but it's fine. It's all part of the uh, the history, and it's all part of uh, our tradition. That we're doing here on on Thanksgiving, uh, Canada's Thanksgiving Day. Um, Alouettes again come into this game needing a win. By the time the game kicks off, Cliff, we will know uh, if we have a, the oppor- the chance by winning the game versus Ottawa of clinching that home playoffs home playoff date in the Eastern semifinal. Uh, Owls come into this game currently based off of the guys over at DraftKings. They are a six and a half point underdog cliff uh, over under a 47.5. What, uh, you know, we, we've said it before and Ottawa has played spoiler many times before for the Alouettes. What do the Alouettes need to do? So it, they, that they do win the game don't let uh, Ottawa spoil the. I think the last three years, I think they spoiled the party. So they can't spoil the party this time around. No, because uh, I, I think back to last year's uh, Thanksgiving Day game where the Alouettes could have clinched that playoff spot and didn't because of Ottawa. Ottawa came to play, and it, it's hilarious because. The, the Red Blacks and the Alouettes play each other four times a year, and it's been like that for the past couple of years, since post-COVID anyways. And Ottawa has always found a way to win at least one of those games. And typically it's at Percival Molson Stadium, so it, it's almost like home field advantage isn't even a thing anymore. <laughs> and the Alouettes have certainly proven it this year. They've gone to TD Place twice now and won. Mm-hmm. One was a, a nail-biter win this Past Saturday was a bit more of a dominant win. So the Elwets can definitely win at TD Place. And we know that the Red Blacks historically have always done extremely well at Personal Molson Stadium. Even the, the, the home opener this year against Ottawa, uh, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, other than uh, I, th- I think it was one touchdown and the rest was just field goals. 
I mean, I mean, it was a it was a close game that Ottawa, if they a couple more bounces gone their way, they, they could have pulled off the upset and gotten the win there too. But Ottawa still has a chance to play spoiler, and they also are still got to be a little bit motivated because they are still mathematically able to cross over to the West, believe it or not. Wow. Once again, this that that will all just depend on what happens for the Calgary or the, sorry, the Saskatchewan Hamilton game. Because if Saskatchewan wins, it's all moot. If Hamilton wins, though, then Calgary, Edmonton, and Ottawa are still very much alive for that last playoff spot mm-hmm. in the West, if you can believe that. I mean, a, an Eastern crossover has never happened, and it's still very much a possibility. So Ottawa is going to be motivated for this game as well. Like they got to win out, essentially. And yeah. they got to get a little bit of help to even for, for those faint playoff hopes, just like the Elks, like they're, they believe it or not are still in the playoff hunt. So they're going to want to play. They're going to want to show and they're going to, they're going to show out. And especially the fact that, okay, Montreal's already clinched their playoff spot, especially if Hamilton wins too, because now it keeps everything open a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that going to make a difference? I, I want to believe. No, I want to believe Montreal just wants to get this over with. Uh, especially if Saskatchewan wins and they're going to be extra motivated just to really lock it down, get that home field playoff or get the home field advantage for the playoffs, get this done with and essentially make the rest of the games glorified exhibition games. Cause at that point you don't want to do anything stupid. You don't want to do anything to yeah. jeopardize yourself with so little time left in the regular season. Both teams are going to be motivated. I have to believe that. And I, also- I definitely see I definitely see Ottawa wanting badly to play spoiler. If only, even if even if their playoff fate is sealed by the time kickoff happens on Monday, I, I still expect them to come out, be motivated, and want to at least get one win in this series. You play to win the game. You know? Simply put. But, uh, by the way, one one thing too that could easily be a, a factor, depending on if it changes or not, could actually be the weather. This is true. So, I mean, currently there is a slight chance of rain for Thanksgiving Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll Hard see. to believe, considering considering how beautiful the weather has been in Montreal this oh. week. Uh, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like October, but at the same time, we've, we've been down this road when it comes to Thanksgiving Day games and inclement weather as well. So <laughs> It is very possible. It is very possible that it is going to be warmer where we're going to be next weekend than where it's going to be on Thanksgiving Monday. It's very possible. Currently. Uh, Currently, yeah. yeah. But no, I'm um, believe me, we're we're hoping for a a relatively nice day this Thanksgiving Monday. We we want everybody out for the fan meetup. We want to see a good Mm -hmm. game against Ottawa at Personal Wilson Stadium. And if we can tie up that, or if we can sew up that home playoff game, so much the better. And 100%. we we pretty well know it's going to be Hamilton and Montreal in the Eastern semifinal. It really just comes down now to where the game is going to be played. Mm-hmm. And if that can be figured out this weekend, so much the better. If we can be able to say to everybody, and let's not forget, if Montreal does secure that Eastern semifinal game at Personal Molson Stadium, tickets are automatically going to be in demand. I, I got a feeling PKP is going to pull out all the stops to make that an event. And yep. Yep. in which case, if, if you're a season ticket holder, you've already got your playoff tickets. But if not, I, I could definitely see him wanting to make this an event, just like he did for the, the home opener. 
make yeah. it something really spectacular. Because it's going to be, uh, tough. It's gonna I mean, be tough, especially after what the CFL has announced. <laughs> oh my! Uh, wow! I mean, you talk about setting the bar at a, a crazy level. I mean, I think a lot of it. Did I mean, kind of start Carrie with... Underwood, no. <laughs> dude. That's that's Friday night. I know, <laughs> I know. And then Green Day, you really idiot, idiot. Oh man! Wow! Yeah. I mean, yeah. And how great was that announcement on Saturday? Like, literally, wake me up by when the September way, ends. By the way, I got to say this to you. If anybody happened to watch this, the last episode of Flight Deck Live when we were shooting, when we were in Ottawa, we happened to bring up um, when September ends. Remember, we brought that up. I had a friend reach out to me on social. goes, did you guys know about this already? I go, I go hell no. That's just total <laughs> fluke that we happened to bring that up. That was serendipity. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that should be fun. And we'll talk about that more, obviously, in the next couple of episodes, too, because that, that, that's got to hear. They're going all out again. They're going all out. So, um, and, I, and I fully expect uh, Pierre-Carl Pelado, if the Alouettes do secure that home field game, if they secure the Eastern semifinal, I can definitely see him wanting to make an event out of this. I, I can see him wanting to pack the stadium mm-hmm. by any means necessary. And if that means you got to bring in another kick-ass group for a halftime show, if uh, whatever you got to do to fill the stadium, this is the time. This is, this is what you got to do. You got to build that atmosphere. And I think for the most part, the Elowitz have done a very good job of doing that this year. Like the, I would say the game day experience at personal Wilson stadium has been pretty outstanding, but playoffs, man. I mean, that's a whole nother level and playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so excited so to be able to talk about that. Again, it's going to be going to be fun. As I say, we're we're looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Uh, sorry, this 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 uh, Monday for the uh, fan meetup at uh, at the uh, tailgating. Um, we will be here uh, obviously next Wednesday for the show. We will also expect to see us uh, post game for uh, the next episode of Flight Deck Live from Percival Molson Stadium following the Alouettes Red Blacks Turkey Day game. Um, and obviously Cliffy DL, I'll be seeing you too, buddy. And, uh, we got, uh, we got a very busy week that we're going to let people know about very soon, uh, when it comes up, comes the next week. So it's going to be very interesting, <laughs> very interesting to say the least. So definitely uh, make sure you, folks, if you're not already subscribed, uh, make sure you're following us on all the socials, make sure you're subscribed to YouTube as well. Uh, you know, make sure uh, listen, we we're going to let you know what's going on. There's so much happening and it's, it's just ramping up. That's, that's the beauty is. As the season is drawing to a close, we're looking to take things yet again to another level. So make sure you're along for the ride. Make sure you're subscribed. However you listen to the podcast, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. Make sure you hit the notification bell so that you get notified when we go live with Flight Deck Live or when we put stuff up. I mean, you'll, you'll get the notice right away. So if you're not already, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're following us on whatever social platform, whatever podcast platform you're on. Make sure you're subscribed there as well because you'll also get notified when this episode goes live and every other episode goes live. That's right. So uh, happy gobble gobble early to everybody. Uh, but we will be uh, we'll be speaking to you guys very shortly. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach.
Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.